0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Reading Nature. I'm Nate Hunt. How much water do you use in a day? Do you think you use more than 50 liters? Less? Not sure? I wasn't either until I ran an experiment, but we'll get to that later. Today, we're going to be talking about the water crisis in Cape Town, South Africa. In the past three years, Cape Town and its aquifers have seen an extensive drought, an event that climatologists have heralded as a once in a thousand years occurrence. Where winter rainfall used to reliably restore groundwater levels, the past three winters have seen relatively little rainfall. Thus, the water situation in Cape Town has grown increasingly severe. And residents nervously await for zero day. Zero day, or the day when Cape Town officially runs out of water from its typical reservoirs, was fortunately pushed back to July 9th in late February due to increased water conservation efforts and infrequent rainfall. This is great news for Cape Town residents, who at one point were facing a zero day as early as April 12th. But fears have not yet completely subsided July does not lie too far ahead in the future, and without substantial rainfall, the coming year could be tremendously difficult for the city's four million residents. Cape Town relies primarily on six different catchment dams for its water. The The water Spoof Dam, which is the largest and supplies over 50% of the city's water, is currently at about 10 to 12% of its capacity, which means that it is pretty much dried up and virtually unusable. If you lose half of anything, you're usually upset, but with water, it can be deadly. If you google the, the water Scoof dam, any images taken in the past couple months will likely show people walking across something that resembles a desert. So what's being done about this? In the short term, there are plans to tap into deeper aquifers and utilize portable desalination devices in select locations. Outside water use on things such as watering lawns and washing cars has been banned, and residents are being asked to use 50 liters of water or less per day. 50 liters sounded like a decent amount of water to me. It's a little over 13 gallons. No sweat, I thought. I shut off the water while I brush my teeth and take relatively short showers. I should be able to stay below 50 liters with ease. Boy, was I in for a surprise. Let's start with the morning shower. At a rate of about 10 liters per minute, The shower was a huge water waster. I tried to plan ahead. I gave myself three minutes for about 30 liters, thinking that that would be enough time to rush through everything and still leave 20 liters for the rest of the day. It was the fastest three minutes of my life and the water hadn't even warmed up for half of it. Next, I brushed my teeth, made some coffee and drank the rest of another liter. I used another liter washing dishes. I easily could have used two, and I wasn't entirely convinced those dishes were fully clean. I had already used 32 out of my 50 liters for the day, and it was just 8.30 in the morning. I hoped the rest of the day would go better. By 3 in the afternoon, I had used another 2.5 liters, 1.5 between drinking and 1 liter for boiling water and pasta. Another liter for drinking, followed by 3 liters cleaning dishes, and I was at 38.5 liters for the day. I felt pretty good about myself. Then, a sinking realization hit me. I had forgotten to account for washing my hands and flushing toilets. At about 9 liters per flush in the average toilet, I had certainly exceeded my daily goal of 50 liters. It stopped. I felt like I had used minimal water throughout the day, yet I had still gone over. It's no surprise that Cape Town residents have failed to meet their goal of 450 megaliters a week. Keeping track of my water usage for one day was difficult enough. I could not imagine reliving this day for months on end. Ultimately, I realized how difficult it is to limit personal water usage, and why this makes the Cape Town water crisis so difficult. The long-term solution to the water crisis in Cape Town and other cities in the future will include a mix of groundwater exploitation, large-scale desalination, and recycling water. None of these options provide an outright solution on their own. Desalination is extremely expensive and energy-intensive. Recycling water merely returns a marginal amount of the water that was originally in the system. And deep aquifers have limited capacities unless recharged through precipitation. The hope is for all three of these options to work in concert. There is also discussion of powering desalination plants through wind turbines. Cape Town is an optimal location for wind power, as strong gusts consistently blow in from the open ocean. Such a project would take years to implement, even if fast-tracked. There is certainly no quick fix, and unless the coming year brings substantial rainfall, the residents of Cape Town could face an even worse crisis. Israel provides a great example of a possible solution through permanent water infrastructure. The nation currently gets about 55% of its water from huge desalination plants, and also captures and recycles about 89% of its water waste. Though this feat took years to accomplish, Israel has gone from a nation that nearly drained the nearby sea of Galilee to an actual water exporter in the region. Its desalination plants also operate on the threshold of technological efficiency, costing a mere 58 cents for every 1,000 liters produced. Household water prices in Israel are about comparable to many cities in the U.S. Such a system is likely to be implemented in Cape Town and other cities as water emergencies become more and more frequent. Though construction costs were incredibly high, the system in Israel cost about $500 million to design and build. Reliable water infrastructure is really worth any price. Ultimately, the Cape Town water crisis is an example of situations other large cities may face in the not-so-distant future. Though the three-year drought was modeled by climatologists to be a -a once-in-a-thousand-years event, perhaps it is time to revisit those models, given the rate at which global climates are changing. More severe storms, droughts, and other disasters will occur with greater frequency. This will require greater planning and contingencies on behalf of city officials. Barcelona nearly ran out of water in 2008, and Sao Paulo has flirted with water shortages in the past couple of years. Though emergencies such as these were forecasted to be incredibly unlikely, we live in a world where these events are becoming more commonplace and will likely continue to increase in abundance. Better planning and foresight could have avoided this crisis, so perhaps it will serve as a warning to officials in other cities. Luckily, the original zero day that was set has already passed, and the date has been pushed back a number of times. But it's not that zero day isn't coming. It's just that we're not sure when. That's all we have for today on Reading Nature. Thanks for listening. I also want to give thanks to... Jason shaw for his track running waters as well as broke for free for their track something elated i also want to thank 13g panska iesp and inspector j for sound effects if you're curious about your own water usage habits try keeping track of your water use throughout a day you might just be surprised i'm nate hunt and thanks again for listening